And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. The shot Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danger. How's everybody doing? This is episode 96 of Locked On Lightning. And of course, if you are a regular listener, you already know. And if you read the title and the description uh, for this episode, you already know what this is. This is a post-game recap slash reaction. We'll be discussing today's 2-1 win in game four, in which the Lightning took a series lead three to one um i could just say right off the bat what a better way to start the week i don't know about you but so anyway before we get into all that if you are a new listener and even for those of you who are returning uh go ahead like and subscribe follow stay up to date you'll be notified as soon as the latest episode gets dropped uh you could find this podcast anywhere stitcher google play apple spotify tune in all over the place anywhere podcasts are available and of course go ahead on twitter to lo underscore lightning go ahead and follow the show twitter page stay up to date you'll get all the news surrounding the show as well as some of the news surrounding the team and some of the news as well as going on in the locked on podcast network and then go ahead and give a follow to me my personal twitter page page at AP Danker, D-E-N-K-E-R on Twitter. Um, I've been trying to have kind of a media blackout during these games, but uh, I just gave in and it's very impossible um, to, especially with the horrific uh, horrific uh, officiating that's been going on um, throughout not only this series, but in almost every, every game. I mean, there's been not as bad as as we've seen it in some of the Lightning games, but definitely, you know, um, the Lightning, any any game the Lightning have played in thus far, it definitely takes on the cake for probably worse officiating. So let's just start in the first period. Some of the things, you know, uh, like I stated on past episodes, I don't really, I'm not going to talk about every single thing that happened in these periods. I'm only going to discuss the important things. Um, and then just closing thoughts and all of that. So first period, uh, Chernak is out of position on a shot and Bortran takes, takes advantage of the situation, punches in the rebound, Tampa challenges that Columbus was offsides on the play goal is called off after review. So at this point, very early on, it looks like kind of some of the, you know, Tampa has terms of things going their way. Lucky bounces, calls. They've been on the short end of the stick in that regard, but it seems like things in this game were starting to turn around um, for them in the, for that, and as well as you know other things as well that we'll get into. And then five fifty six. This is a story, a, a kind of a theme that we've been seeing all year long. Uh, light the lightning being on the penalty kill. It seems like every time you blink your eyes during a lightning game, they're always killing a penalty. It's one of the most frustrating things um, 
And ironically, they have were one of the top teams in the least amount of penalties taken this year. So it's frustrating on that end as well to where they had a lot of their goals are, of course, scored at even strength. That is, and as well as they have to be almost perfect on the PK, which I have to say in this game, their PK was astounding. I thought it was the best it's looked all year um, today in this game. So, yeah, 556 into the first period, they get a penalty. Uh, but you know what? They you could have not asked for a better penalty kill. Um, the Lightning were airtight on this. They were stifling every chance that Columbus tried to get, tried to set up. They had zero scoring chances on this. Um, Columbus only had one shot on goal during that power play. And what really impressed me was the penalty, the PK unit really pressing in on the puck handlers and really having a lot of pressure on them as they were trying to facilitate the puck and really score up, uh, set up chances and cycle the puck around. So that was really good to see. And that's really something you want to see. And it looks like the PK is really starting, you know, they're really starting to polish off um, everything and it couldn't have come at a better time. So, and that really kind of ties in with what I, you know, what I'm going to say next is that the lightning made it a point to have a better presence in front of the net uh, we spoke about that in the last episode, and Patrick Maroon said it um, during a post-game presser after game uh, game two, in which you know he kind of, sort of, kind of didn't really, but called out the team, you know, saying kind of challenged them, saying you know we need to do a better job of this, we, uh, especially with the the amount of talent that Columbus has in blocking shots. Uh, they need to make it harder for not only the defenders in front, but as well as uh, Corpusalo. And they did that um, to a T in this game. I thought they were fantastic in that regard. And I said on the last episode, I truly believe, because they did in, in game three as well, is that they really, it, it seemed like once they started really doing that, it seemed like Columbus was kind of running out of tricks. Um, you know, they can't skate with, with Tampa, um, you saw it at the end of this game, they were really gassed. Uh, Lightning are one of the fastest teams in the league, so when you try to skate with them, and the one thing that really impressed me, the Lightning, I guess, finally figured out is um, is was exactly that. So what they tried to do, and you could see it, they they tried to cut down the number of stoppages, and basically tried, basically made Columbus chase them around the the. the the ice as well as you know they played at a fast pace all game and columbus tried to do that early on and then that kind of bit them in the in the ass later on because they were gassed by the end of the second period you just saw it in their faces but uh early on like i just said the lightning were camping out in the low slot and that was beautiful beautiful sight to see uh and both teams i got a hand at columbus as well they've been playing pretty tough throughout this whole series as well uh, both teams were dishing out big hits, playing very physical with a quick pace, like I said. Um, finished the first period with 16 shots total. Both teams spent most of the period fighting for position. It was just, you know, it, was, it wasn't exactly an overly offensive played first period. A lot of the shots, all the 16 shots that were taken between both teams were just, they weren't really challenged. They weren't really challenging the goaltenders. They were just, it was a stereotypical start to a very good hockey game where both teams were just trying to get that first big edge to start off the game and really set the tone. But 
both teams were playing well on the defensive side of the puck, and um, things didn't really open up until the second period, as that's when the scoring really took place. It only took, and it was funny, all three goals took place within a span, I want to say, of five minutes, five and a half, maybe six. And that's kind of been like the theme with the Lightning all year as well, um, where they score in bunches, and then it really. They score a couple of goals in the span of maybe two or three minutes, and then the other team kind of comes roaring back. I don't really know if it's maybe a, a breakdown in defense after the two quick goals. I'm not entirely sure, um, but it's nothing that's really to alarm. It's something that Lightning fans should really be alarmed about. Um, it, But it has happened more often um, during this series than it did in the round-robin games, but... Um, like I said, I'm not worried about it. Vasilevsky looked incredible in this game. Um, he was really, and they said, I believe it was Rick Peckham and Brian Ingblom were really talking about it, I believe, midway through the first, that Vasilevsky was talking about how in the last game uh, he was able to settle in and get comfortable quickly just because he was facing a lot more shots early on, which, of course, makes sense because of, you know, I like the... Uh, Goaltenders are the kind of players that they need to be challenged. And I believe, especially a young goaltender like Vasilevsky, you know, uh, if they go a long time without facing shots, they kind of loosen up and they, they kind of, they kind of, they don't, they lose, I guess, you know, them being in the zone, if you want to call it or whatever phrase you want to throw in there. But um, I have no problem with Vasilevsky being peppered with shots within reason. You know, if he's having to, stand on his head every couple of minutes or so, every couple of rushes or every every time the opposing team enters the zone. Yeah, that's kind of an issue. And um, especially, you know, all the players, the other the other five players on in Lightning uniforms and the ice at that time, you do a better job. But um, I thought he I thought it was, you know, it was reasonable shots. Um, he made a couple of tough saves in this game that really kept the Lightning on top. And but it wasn't without a little bit of luck. Like I said earlier, with that that goal that was taken away, the Bortrian goal um, was called off because of the offsides. But um, he he, there was a couple of chances where the Lightning really, um, well, Vasilevsky really did a good job keeping the Lightning on top, and that's the kind of thing that's going to really help this team move on deeper into the later rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So moving on to the second period. Um just a great goal to start off the the, the second period. Um, Blake Coleman's on behind the net on Corpusalo's left left hand side, um, and he just throws a pass towards the low slot on the other side of the net, just perfectly through the defender's legs and places it perfectly for an easy chance for Barkley Goodrow, and the Lightning get off to uh, a one nothing lead to start off the, the second period. And this was a very important goal, I believe, especially for these two guys because we haven't really seen much from them in terms of st- statistical production um, since the Lightning acquired them. I mean, we've seen them accumulate points here and there. Uh, Goodrow and Coleman have been doing a lot of the things, a lot, lot of the small things that you love to see um, and which has been very beneficial to the lightning uh, thus far. But these were the guys I was hoping to see maybe get a little bit off to a good start, which they have um, just because of what they were, what was traded for them. And, you know, they were, they kind of just the circumstances of how 
their tenure with the Lightning came to be just because um, they were starting after the trade deadline, as we all know the timeline. Um, they were starting to get acclimated to everything around uh, their new teammates, new city. Uh, Blake Coleman had to leave, spend some time away from the team just for a little bit. I mean, maybe a couple of days. It wasn't really a big of a deal, but still, given the circumstances with, um, you know, being in a new city with a new team and getting on the right page with your new teammates, it's, it's a little different. And plus, I believe they were on a West Coast trip then. So um, he had to, he his wife was giving birth at the time. So it was one of those things. So it, it wasn't like he was just disappearing for no reason. But um, this was everything you could have asked for about these from these two guys. And I can't emphasize how incredible the the pass was from Coleman and just the finish from Goodrow. And I hopefully we see a lot more from these guys going forward. Um, but this is one of the things I've been looking for the lightning. They, we haven't really seen much of crashing, crashing the net. I want to see more just in general. You know, we spoke about earlier about creating traffic in front of the net. I just want the lightning going forward. And this is, it's proven thus far in the last two games that when they have more of an emphasized presence in front of the net, uh, that's very beneficial to them. Um, I mean, they've won two games by doing it. So why change? Why 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 try to separate? Why to try to go away from that and stray away from that plan when it's obviously working? So a little later on, you know, like I said, uh, these two goals are uh, we're not that far apart from each other. So a little later on, Shattenkirk annihilates this puck. He hit. I've I've probably never seen Kevin Shattenkirk hit a hit a shot like this this hard. Uh, from the top of the circle, and but Yanni Gord is right there, standing in front of Corpusalo. Um, like I said, and you know Pat Pat Maroon said a cu- couple of games ago that they needed to do a better job of having a presence in front, making it difficult not only for the defenders there, but as well as Corpusalo. And they did everything right in this game. Um, and Yanni Gord had an incredible game. We'll talk about him just in a little bit. Um, he's another guy that I would love to see get going. And this was, um, I believe, his first goal. Yeah, it was his first goal of the playoffs. So, you know, it was good to see. I love to see guys who, like we saw a killer the other night with one. I love to see guys who who maybe are just one goal away from catching fire. And Gord is definitely one of those guys that could pos- possibly be one of those. So keep a lookout for him and see how he carries that over. But he had a great game as well. And then a little bit more luck of the lightning for the lightning. I spoke about at the top of the show how things are starting to kind of go in the lightning's favor now, not only in you know for calls but as bounces. So a little bit more luck, uh, matching miners for the lightning. Uh, holding was being called on Nyquist and hooking on Tyler Johnson. I the reason why I point this out is important because in this situation, <laughs> they're like I mean just going off of what's happened thus far in the playoffs. Tyler Johnson would, be, would get call for hooking where you would see a blatant call uh, missed by the, by the officiant, officials in this situation. And it's just one of those things that, uh, especially if you've been watching the games closely and seeing how the the officials have just kind of been giving the lightning the, the short end of the stick on some of these calls, it would have been super frustrating, especially in this situation. And it's just another another PK that the lightning would have to go on and and potentially kill. Uh, and then a little bit later, uh, Lightning gets some bad karma. Not really, because they had a chance to to challenge, but they they decided not to. A- Atkinson's goal, uh, sh- 
should have been called for goalie interference. I don't know what the the referees were looking at. Um, to me, it was blatant goalie interference. Some of you might uh, might not agree with that, which is fine. And if you do, you know, go ahead and tweet out to us, obviously, at the LO underscore lightning Twitter page. We'd love to hear your opinion on this play. Um, should have Cooper, should have coached John Cooper challenged this. See, here's the thing. I would have, I think if he would have challenged the play, the goal, I think it would have been, uh, it would have been taken away. But the reason why he didn't was because they were playing four and four at the moment. And Cooper didn't want to risk losing, losing the, the review. Because if you lose a challenge, then your team is assessed a minor penalty so then that would have possibly given the Blue Jackets another PK, uh, a, a power play. And then, you know, probably in that situation, um, the Blue Jackets probably would have gone on to tie the game. But Or if they, you know, there's always the possibility of that happening. So that maybe it was going through Cooper's head. He said, well, you know what, 2-1, two, one, two, one, you know, you don't want to see it. You want to have Vasilevsky still have the, the, the shutout. But you know what? 2-1 is better than 2-2, so let's not you know push our luck here and let's just play smart. So I understand why he did it. I just think that if he would have challenged, uh, I think maybe if it was a regular season game, he would have challenged, but given the circumstances, obviously, of a playoff series and how that could have possibly given momentum, if Columbus did score on that potential power play, that could have swung the whole game in towards of you know Columbus's favor. Um Here's a, and then here's kind of like continuing the theme of just referees. Just for some reason, if you're wearing a lightning hockey sweater and you're playing on the ice, you're not going to get, you know, if you're playing against the lightning, um, the other team is, you know, is, the other team is not going to get called for a penalty. But Palat drew the, the lightning's first power play of the game with about four minutes left in the second period. And it's just, you know, when I realized. It was just one of those things where I was just more surprised that they got called for a penalty just because it was just the Lightning never draw penalties. Um, like I say at the top of the show, the Lightning were at the top of the league for you know the least amount of penalties t- uh, drawn. So you know it they they didn't score, but hopefully you know maybe in on game in game five or maybe in if the lightning do advance because let's let's remember let's not get ahead of ourselves and think that this series is over because we all know how how much of of a gritty team that the columbus blue jackets are so you kind of have to keep an eye out for them still you know this game this series is not won until the lightning win a fourth game so just keep that in mind so um yeah um and the thing that I think needs to change. Like I say, at the top of the show, the Lightning played a pretty, pretty good game. This is one of their best games they've played um, since coming back to play. But they need to get better on the power play. Granted, they don't really draw a lot of penalties, but they are 0 for 12. They were 0 for 12 coming into in today's game on the power play. So I would like to see. Maybe that's part of part of that. Probably has to do. And they weren't exactly stellar on the power play during the regular season either. So it's really no surprise, but one of their top players on the power play is missing, and that is the captain, Steven Stamkos, who had 12 power play goals during the regular season, led the team, of course. Um, So maybe it's 
part of that, but that means that other individuals need to step up, and that's what the playoffs are all about. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, you know, scoring on a power play, a guy like Kucherov, that could get him going. Um, and I'll talk about a little bit about him in just a bit. But, yeah, I, I would love to see the Lightning draw more penalties, but, I mean, you can't go out there and call them for yourself. You just have to, un- unfortunately, rely on the refs to do the right, make the right call in that time. But I, I'm not holding my breath. And so before I get into the third period, I just want to kind of add on to what I was saying, kind of one of the themes, and I'm, I'm saying this a lot today because it was something that the Lightning really needed to address quickly. And that was having a presence in the low slot in front of the net, you know, making things hard for Corpusalo, uh, obstructing his vision, all those little things that every team in the National Hockey League does on a nightly basis. All these teams, if you've been watching any hockey games other than a Lightning game during this playoffs, you've been seeing it. So it's, it's not like a new thing that has to be incorporated into this team. They've been doing it. The Lightning did it during the regular season. Um, so it was it was just one of those things where, I think maybe things were just getting over. They were trying to overcomplicate things. Um, The Lightning know, and we all know, that they could outskate Columbus any day of the week. So maybe that's part of the reason why they didn't really give themselves a chance to set up in the offensive zone. Which, you know, because if you're... I stayed on the past episode and I was kind of ranting about this. And I saw it a couple of times in this game, but not as frequent as it was in the last two games was that... They weren't giving themselves a chance to really set up, and you know, you're kind of it. It, it, it kind of reminds me in football how a team runs the ball, a, a team that's not very much good of a running team. So, like for example, since we're you know, roll, some of you might be from Tampa. Obviously, um, if the Buccaneers are not a good running team, um, and they run the ball on you know first and second down. And, you know, it's it's third and, I don't know, third and 10 and or whatever, third and 12, third and 11. And then you have to pass. You know, you're not really giving uh, Tom Brady a good chance of, you know, completing. You know, how many how often do you really see a 10-yard completion, you know, especially on third down? I mean, I'm not I'm not a football expert. I mean, you know, hate to break it to you guys and gals. I'm a New York Giants fan. I mean, if you're a frequent listener, you know I'm from New York, so that should come as no surprise. Thankfully, I'm not a Jet fan, so that could be a whole lot worse. But anyway, back to hockey. Um, just shooting the puck as soon as you skate into the, the attacking zone from the blue line, uh, especially, you know, it's not beneficial to your team long term. Maybe you could do it every now and then to kind of get the goal, maybe try and catch the goalie off guard. But I don't think of it as something, you know, the Lightning were doing it almost every time on the rush. When they would get into the zone, they wouldn't stop and kind of set things up, cycle the puck a lot. And it's not beneficial, especially if you're you're shooting it and it's not an actually it's not a shot that's gonna challenge a goaltender. If you're hitting him right in the pads and he's kicking it to the side, it's not gonna help, especially if you don't have anybody there in the low slot trailing. You know, if the guy who's trailing is is not even down that far down the ice yet, you know, you're just giving the it's I count it in my, to me. It, it's basically kind of like the equivalent of a three and out or maybe a just a turnover in hockey if you want to look at it from a hockey perspective. Um, but in this game, they did a good job putting pucks on net, and especially in that power play that they were on, even though they didn't score um, at the end of the third period. But that was something that I want them to carry over to, to 
game five on Wednesday, which, by the way, side note, 12 o'clock start. You know, it was cool to start off this whole, you know, having hockey back. But now that, you know, I'm, I'm working during the day now and, you know, a lot of people are. I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I, I want hockey at night now. I, I, w- I would hope, hopefully, I would hope so that the league kind of says, all right, you know, now that we kind of got these games over and done with. Um, and there's less teams playing now, maybe in the next round, if the Lightning do advance. Like I said, the series is not over until the Lightning win a fourth game. So uh, hopefully they move start times, puck drops back to 7 o'clock and maybe a little earlier on weekends, which is fine. If they want to keep it earlier on weekends, I don't have a problem with that. So in the third period, um, one of the things that stands out to me, and I don't understand if I, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but uh, Dubois, I, I don't understand. I, I really wanted to see Bogosian, Zach Bogosian, kind of go after him and kind of just put him in this place because he's just been kind of running rampant this entire series. Um, dirty hit from Dubois and Kalorn. Both rushed behind the net. Kalorn looked, f- thankfully, and he, and he hit him. It was a dirty shot into the boards. Um, but thankfully, Kalorn looked fine after the hit and it could have certainly have been worse, but um, they even stated it on the the broadcast. If you were watching it on on Fox Sports Sun, definitely keep an eye out in Game Five. I would not be surprised if somebody on the Lightning, especially Mikhail Sergachev, who looks like he's been chomping at, and I kind of noticed it in the last game, just because the was the kind of player who um, he kind of reminds me of a poor man's Brad uh, Brad Marchand. In a way, he doesn't do a lot of the crazy antics, obviously, that Marchand is, you know, famous for and not- notable for. But um, Sergachev has been chomping at the bits to get his hands on him and drop the mitts. So uh, I guarantee you, if this game ends, if this series ends in five or seven, um, Sergachev or someone in a Lightning uniform is going to put Dubois in his place. I would like to see Bogosian because, I mean, I don't know about you, but he's probably one of the scariest players uh, who's definitely a gritty guy out there. Um, and you definitely don't want to mess with him along with some other individuals on this team. Um, and then, you know, other than that happening, really nothing happened. The Lightning were kind of in control of this game um, after after a couple of, you know, the sequences that happened at the end of the, f- the second period. Um, after... Even after that Atkinson goal, which, like, I believe, you know, and I think Columbus kind of knew, too. They kind of lucked out with that in the second that um, they got very lucky. This game could have easily have been 2 nothing, just with the way the Lightning were playing and just how kind of, like, Columbus was responding to that. But here's something that's kind of a mystery to me, and I know it's been going on for a long time, as long as I believe it was, like, 2005. Not 2005. It was probably, like, maybe 2010. Um when Patrick Waugh was in Colorado, he started the whole trend of pulling the goalie like at the two-minute mark, which to me, I don't understand because you're risking building the lead even further, you know, having a bigger deficit for yourself to deal with, with giving up a cheapy goal very early on in the period. So then now you have to score two goals instead of one. Um, most Best example of that to where... Um, that kind of work where, you know, that, that reasoning and this whole, the reasoning doesn't make sense to me because the prime example of that going wrong 
and I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, was in the Stars game the other day when they played the Flames. Uh, I don't know the exact score off the top of my head. I remember I was watching kind of like the end of the, the game, and um, I believe, I want to say, um, I don't know, I don't remember who was down, but it doesn't matter at this point. Um, the game went into OT, I think. Um, no, they didn't. It was in regulation. But anyway, uh, I believe the Stars pulled the goalie. Let's just say for the sake of argument, so I don't sound stupid here any more than I already do. Um, the game was 2-1, right? And then um, the Flames scored a goal in the empty netter after the Stars pulled the goalie with two minutes left in the third period. And Flames scored a goal. Now it's 3-1. And then minutes later, possibly, uh, Stars scored a goal. Now it's three two. That could have been that could have been um, that could have been you know tie game if you just didn't pull him very early. I believe you know I firmly believe, but I mean it is what it is. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that's going to go away anytime soon. I don't understand the logic behind it with pulling them that early. I you know maybe I'm just kind of like an old schooler with you know back to the days of when they used to pull the goalie like right around the one minute mark left in the in the in the third period but that's just me um so some things to take away like i said early on uh corman and coleman and goudreau have been playing very well but just as a line this coleman gord goudreau line played was the x factor in this game they played great um they were definitely the 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 reason of for for the Lightning winning today, and they really set the tone. And I really love. I really like. I'm a huge fan of when uh, Coach Cooper starts a period with them, um, and I, he's been doing that. Um, I, he, we saw a little bit of that uh, towards the end of this, uh, right before the pause happened. But he was doing that more often with the Sorelli line, just because of how playing, uh, how well they were playing. Um, Zach Bogosian and Victor Hedman are the defensive pairing. I didn't know I wanted. They've been playing incredible with each other. Uh, they really bottled up Columbus today. I mean, all the defensive pairings from the first defensive pairing all the way down to the third. Um, they've really played well today, and I just I didn't. I don't think Columbus had an answer for them, and they clearly didn't. Um, you know, Columbus tried to play very physical and and a fast-paced game, and they just gassed themselves out. And they were, you could kind of tell at certain times during the game, they were just, you know, what else can we do? Because they're not exactly a high-scoring team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things that I fully expect to get better. I mean, I was very much against Zach Bogosian being on the first line. Um, and them giving a chance to John Ruta. But, of course, you know, he wasn't ready, so they put, paired with him. And it was kind of, I wouldn't say rocky, but it was Zach Bogosian wasn't really there yet to, to, you know, kind of make that pairing ideal. And now it's perfect. I want them together, hopefully, you know, next season as well. Um, if the Lightning do choose to re-sign Bogosian, which I fully expect them to, um, you know, he's not exactly going to break the bank for them, even with the flat cap. So I shouldn't worry. You shouldn't worry too much if you're a fan of that pairing as I am. Um, and then one last thing before we wrap things up here, um, the back check for the lightning in games three and four has been above average to say the least and has really stepped up the effort. Um, it seems like halfway through game three, Tampa looked like they started to figure out Columbus and it's just carried into these other games. Um, 
and it's probably going to happen on Wednesday too. I'm fully expecting the Lightning to win, um, and it's definitely going to be a very hard-fought game. Uh, expect it to be very, very physical. Expect you know Columbus not to go down lightly. I'd be shocked if the Lightning win in convincing fashion. Especially, you know, I'm, I'm recording this while the Coyotes game is going on. I'm not sure if it's over yet, but they're getting. They're absolutely they're getting killed right now. That's the best way to describe it. They're losing seven one to the Avalanche. Um, I don't expect a kind of convincing win like that. If they do, that'd be a great cherry on top to end the series and kind of you know cap off the Lightning's revenge. But we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's episode. Um, but yeah, uh, once the Lightning started to do good things consistently, that's when the tide turned in the series. And one thing that really stood out to me in this game was that the Lightning's play in the neutral zone, the way they stopped the Blue Jackets from really advancing the puck and up the ice uh, and getting to a flow was great. And, you know, like I said earlier with Bogosian and Hedman, and this just this extends out to even the forwards as well. Um, the Lightning bottled up Columbus. They stopped them from executing their, their game plan of just, you know, blocking shots, frustrating the Lightning. Um, and, you know, Really, the only answer for Columbus throughout this whole series consistently has been Corpusalo. And now that the Lightning are starting to amplify their presence in front of the net more, um, more consec- on more consecutive attempts, um, they really don't have anything else. So, you know, that's good to see. And, yeah, hopefully they could carry that into the next series. So I just want to end the show uh, just by saying, you know, one player that I really like to see get going in Game 5 because... Um, with you know one of your stars out in Steven Stamkos, and there's still no real timeline yet as to when he's going to come back. Um, I really want to see Nikita Kucherov get going. Uh, he was really a non-factor in this game. He had one shot on goal today, but he has four points in the series, so at least he's he's creating chances for others. He's involved in scoring plays. So it, you know, if he's not producing in the goal column, at least he's making up for it in the assist column and you know helping this team score goals. Uh, and I would really like to see him uh, pick up a goal or two before the series is over, especially like I stated before. Um, this is re- this is all about revenge, and I believe that if certain players, you know, how incredible would it be to see Kucherov get going right as the series ends and then him carry that momentum into, you know, the next series? Just think about that. Just think about that. So... Uh, And we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode. But, yeah, uh, great win today. Fully expect them to win pretty much the same way on Wednesday unless there's an offensive explosion from the Lightning, which wouldn't be surprising. I think they're just a sleeping giant ready to, you know, burst out. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. I'll talk to you in the next one.